0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the lab. It's Drake Berber here with Hawkin Dynamics. We are joined today by Thomas Newman. Thomas Newman is the Chief Innovation Officer here at Hawkin Dynamics. Thomas is the newest member of our team, coming from Yale University. Today, Thomas is going to tell you a little bit about his backstory, his new role at Hawken Dynamics, and also what he hopes to accomplish with this podcast. Welcome, Thomas.
1: Great. Hey, thanks so much for having me on.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you, and we're happy to have you part of the team. Um, if you could just tell us a little bit about your your backstory and your kind of your journey to getting to this point.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, so it's uh, it's pretty unconventional, um, but you know, like most coaches, um, was a former athlete, uh, kind of got. Uh, Hooked to the whole process, Um, uh, an individual by the name of Brian McDonough. uh, I credit him with the first person showing me this kind of magic uh, where I was able to rehab an injury. And I remember turning to him and saying, Wow, this is magic. And he said, No, stupid. This is exercise science. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And so he was like, You should check it out. So after that, went to to college, um, was able to. Learn from uh, Dr. Hatfield and then from Heinrich Dahl, uh, being able to get into exercise science and kinesiology and really kind of blend that and find that sweet spot of both coaching, but then also kind of going down that rabbit hole um, of science um, and specifically technology. Uh, so we did that. And then from there um, went on into the division three setting. I had a great mentor in Thomas Blaney um, where he really kind of uh, set that kind of foundation of old school. Uh, we're going to do it this way. Cause I said, so uh, cause it works. And then also challenging me to have an open mind and I'll never forget that is that he was very, uh, very wise to not just say all the time because I said, so he said, go figure it out, you know, go read the research okay, now you have a hypothesis, go test it out. And so it gave me a lot of latitude with that. Um, we were able to turn those programs around. Football went on to being successful. I think my first year they were like, they had two wins or something. And then going on to uh, playoffs for division three, which was unheard of. Um, so that was great, but it kind of sparked my interest of this idea of, you know, test, test, you know, retest, and then look at your output um, to really kind of, I don't know, it was kind of a weird middle ground of being able to have our own little lab. I think, you know, part of when we talk about this, this talk is that I think people think of a lab as white coats and, you know, double blind studies, but there's a huge opportunity in the weight room. Every practitioner has this incredible you know, and of however many hundreds of athletes you train with not enough staff and not enough time um, to be able to collect that information to kind of guide and lead the field. Um, so that inspired me to actually go in and make a company to do analytics, because one of the things that frustrated me um, was that sometimes numbers can be scary. Sometimes numbers can be intimidating. And the other thing is sometimes it's just too much of a hassle. So I was able to be CEO of a company called Athletic Standard. We did some incredible work. We made some software for our customers and it was great. Um, built up a huge following online and really um, were able to achieve a lot of um, positive success um, and some really incredible stories um, with that chapter. Um, But then after that, um, I kind of got the itch to get back into coaching because again, it's fun to watch from the outside, but I wanted to really prove it to myself uh, that I could do that at the next level. So um, fortunate enough, one of our customers uh, and Andy Shea, who is the lacrosse coach uh, at Yale, is a good friend of my cousin. Uh, they grew up in upstate. Uh, is good friends with head coach Tony Reno um, at Yale. And just to kind of set the tone, uh, it's 2015. I'm watching the fall. Football's not doing so hot. Uh, they hadn't beat Harvard and I think it was 10 years at that time um, and, uh, lacrosse was good. They were top 25 program, but I remember meeting with both coaches in, in, uh, November. Uh, and then they kind of recruited me hard, just as you would imagine you'd be recruited as a, as an athlete. Um, and it was pretty, pretty clear. The goal was to beat Harvard. The goal was to win an Ivy championship outright. Uh, and then a very lofty goal, which had never happened, um, which was to win a national championship. And again, all those are very lofty goals, but how do you go about doing that? Uh, It's an intricate process that, you know, takes time to grow Uh, and things that you do in year one may not come to fruition until year three or four. Um, But that whole process and journey really started for me in January of 16 would go on. We applied a lot of technology. We applied a lot of hard work. uh, We applied a lot of long hours and actually beat Harvard that, that fall. So and that was a huge deal. Um, I think we we're three and seven that year. Um, but like anything at Yale, uh, you can be three and seven, but if you beat Harvard, it's a great season. Uh, so we did. And that actually spawned our first assistant for football, uh, uh, Colin Engstrom, who's tremendous. Um, he stayed along uh, in that spring. And so we actually started the internship program. And I never forget that people would say, how are you going to get people to come, you know, to come here and be an intern? We don't even have an exercise science department. Said, yeah, but we're Yale. You know, we're going to create a quality experience. And, and I remember putting the emphasis on the staff saying, you know, we can't pay people, um, but what we can do is pay them with knowledge, experience um, and mentorship. And so we did that fast forward three years later uh, when I left, I think they were on class 12. They had roughly 160 people from around the world. And it was incredible. And as exciting as it was for the on-field success that we had in 16 to beat Harvard, we also won an outright title, beat Harvard again in 17, first time ever. And 36 years had the defensive player of the year, the rookie of the year. We had the coach of the year. But, you know, maybe we got lucky. Well, that was in the fall of 17. Well, in the spring of 18, Yale goes on to beat Duke at Gillette Stadium. Um, And, you know, a lot of things went into that. um, And that was something that was considered a lofty could never happen goal. But we did that. So in a very short time, we achieved all of our, our missions. Uh, And our our goals. So then we kind of expanded and we did partnerships with the med school, we did partnerships with engineering. And so we really created this kind of collaborative environment um, to really get every kind of competitive advantage we could, but also build some really great teams and stories. Uh, And those lessons that I learned from some of the world's geniuses, uh, whether it was talking to Dean Vince, uh, you know, or Larry Willen. Talking with Ed Kaplan over at School of Management and really applying things from different sectors that had nothing to do with strength and conditioning, but how it could augment and aid and really be a force multiplier um, was really kind of an incredible journey. And I and I credit that to the team that I had to have the success that we had. So that kind of methodology is where I come from. Um, and again, we, we were successful. We went back to the finals again in 2018 unfortunately lost to Virginia for lacrosse football uh, won again in 2019. And again, I think that year we had the offensive player of the year and um, Kurt Rawlings and shattered every individual record, but it wasn't just football and lacrosse that kind of team mindset, permeated through the rest of the staff i mean basketball went to -to back-to-back ncaa's i'm not sure when the last time that happened but that was incredible uh we had the player of the year in golf when women's golf women's golf lifted four days a week they were awesome uh sailing national champions and and down the line and i and i you know i hate to forget i forget who we had and i hate to do this but let's just put it there was a lot of winning and i remember pre-covid we had 16 teams in the top 25 so don't really most people don't think of Yale as a, as a jock school, uh, but that was our goal. That was our internal joke uh, and goal. But it's it was really about how can we foster a community and a culture and a mindset um, where anything's possible um, and we work together and we achieve incredible results. So that was kind of the Yale story. Um, and then kind of, yep, in getting in conclusion into to the, the Hawkins, I was very fortunate uh, to be able to talk to Ben uh, about some of the stuff that's going on here. And so that's, that's how I arrived here.
0: Nice. I got to you know, you, you kind of have a unique story and get into this point and you kind of see the trend and um, strength and conditioning. Now some coaches are leaving strength and conditioning and going the more of the entrepreneur route, uh, maybe trying to start a small business or just running an online training business on the side. Um, you actually were in coaching, got out of coaching uh, with athletic standard, being the CEO of that company. And then now you went back into coaching at Yale um, what was the the biggest challenge you think from being out of it for a little while, getting back into it, and then also what was the biggest thing that you took um, away from running Athletic Standard, bringing that to Yale?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a great question, and I will say one of the biggest differences from being in private sector um, where you were focused on profit and trying to you know build a business to a global, uh, globally recognized uh, international university. Um, things move at different paces so we'd like to talk about you know things in athletic standard could happen in a day in a minute things at yale might take months and years and so i think setting expectations and timelines if you want to do something in december you need to start talking about that in march or april of you know prior and so getting things lined up the other thing is is that at yale you really learn the value of team um and not that i didn't value it before you're like oh yeah teams are good really it's who you know the relationships you build Um, can really, again, either hinder your growth and expectations or it can really accelerate it. And then just, again, Yale has so many powerful people and so many people that are literally world experts and geniuses, Um, when you take two geniuses and put them in a room, magical things happen. And so I was a facilitator for that. And so I think that was the biggest um, difference, but also um, being a CEO, you can't get caught up necessarily in the day-to-day grind. So you have to really rely on your people So I credit a lot of the internship success and the fact that, you know, TJ Bellinger, who's now, you know, the director, uh, he was able to be uh, promoted into that spot. That was one of my first interns. And so how do you groom and mentor people and realize you are only as good as the people that you have around you? People talk about, you know, everyone's replaceable. You know, I beg to differ. Everyone's replaceable, but performance is not. And so the most important thing you have is your staff and your team. And it is a talent war. You know, I remember losing interns to other universities or other programs and take a lot of pride if someone's going to invest their time in me. Uh, what can I give in return? And And in fact, the entire staff at Yale, you know, one through six now, where I could tell you class one, class two, class five, class three. and and the great thing was I, I was spoiled to be able to take the very, very best of the 160. Um, And pick my five. And I would not be able to do any of the things that I accomplished um, without the team. I can tell you, but when I left, every single member on that staff had a superpower. And whether it's operations, emotional intelligence, whether it's analytics, whether it's whatever, I was able to bring somebody with a superpower into a group of people with very high standards. And that's how the team uh, achieved the success. So that's really kind of the interplay between being a CEO and having kind of a visionary approach, investing in people, but then also tempering that um, with groups and then kind of partnerships within the university um, to make things happen.
0: Awesome. yeah. I think, I think we have an entire, uh, another episode here that we could talk about how to build out a internship program for different uh, schools and universities. But um, for this one here, we'd like to keep it short and kind of keep it as an introduction. Um, to our podcast. So if you could just tell us what your goal is for this podcast, um, you know, it's, we, we call this podcast Talking Force. What does that really mean? Is it just force plates or is it something more? Um, and, and who do we hope to, who are we trying to interview for this podcast?
1: Sure. I mean, so Talking Force is, uh, obviously we have force plates uh, and you can get into Newton's and watts and rates and all these things, but force really is about uh, power, um, the power to be able to make change. And so when I looked at the lineup and you know, I was approached by Ben about this opportunity, I want to make sure that our listeners every day that they listen to this, um, hopefully this comes out, um, you get to listen to it on your Wednesday during your administration time or whatever. But if, if we're lucky enough to have your ears for an hour, you walk away with just a little insight. And, and I promise you, some of the people will bring it on from technology people to coaches in the field to just other experts. And, and and this is an incredible platform to globally help our customers uh, and our future, future customers um, understand that sometimes the answers are just around the corner. So we might bring in someone who's an expert in whatever. I know we have a, a scheduled interview with Dr. Dodek from the Mayo Clinic. So what does the Mayo Clinic mean for me as a Division Three coach? Well, he collaborated with Thorne uh, Research, the supplement company, to actually make one of the first products to address the issue of you know, nutrition post-concussion. I feel like that's very important, you know. Again, whether you're a customer now or a future customer, I, I, as a father, as a coach, I think that's incredible information that needs to get out there. So we hope that this podcast really puts you at the tip of the spear. So if there's a new sensor, if there's a new product for us to go through and really validate it and analyze it, you know, scientifically, unbiased, and you know, really look at it to say, "Wow, is this going to help our customers? Is this going to help uh, develop athletes?" But then also being able to flip to the other side of Dealing with some of the new paradigms you you mentioned, you know, from when I started to now, the paradigm of coaching has changed. The days of the totalitarian, you know, I will do this because I said so, and I have a whistle of authority. Um, I think those days are numbered, if not long gone. And so, what is emotional intelligence? How do you teach a language? How do you teach an an ontology? How do you project your voice and not sound angry? So I can be loud and angry. I can be loud and comforting. And I think those are some of those little areas that, as a coach, if you polish it up a little bit. Um, you can see incredible uh, results. And so we'll dive into that. But I hope that every time you listen to this podcast, you walk away with at least one or two nuggets um, through the spoken word. Because that's another thing is we're a young industry, um, but some of our founders, they're getting up there. So we need to get this uh, recorded and, and learn from some of those lessons. And I, I know we, we've talked about this before, Drake, where it's either science and research versus the practical coach and the butt heads. I want to show that it's actually through, whether through our technology, through our podcast, we can really bridge that. And some of the greatest lessons are learned from the practitioners. Even as we talk about the title, the lab, start thinking about every interaction you have with an athlete. How do you record that? What could you do better? How could you optimize it? And specifically, if there's a technology that can make you uh, as one coach be the power of 10 coaches, then we've done our job. You know, if you're a coach and you're listening and you have a particular problem, we want to hear from you, because if we don't have the answers, we're one or two phone calls away. Uh, The Hawken team is incredible. We have some of the best people uh, across multiple industries. I can't even go on to list them. But if there's a need or or an area, just a question, because sometimes it's not about having the answer. It's about percolating some of those thoughts. And so in your downtime, when you listen to this podcast, get you going uh, and try to make you a better version of you, because I think that's what everybody has to understand is. We don't want to tell you how to do your job. We don't want to put you in a box. But what we want to do is help kind of explore different opportunities, different technologies, different mindsets to make you a force multiplier so that you are the very best at what you do. We own movement, period, end of discussion. And I say that we will go toe to toe with any other company on the accurate reliability and the speed uh, of measuring movement. Well, what can we do to take that kind of mindset to help you do your job? and couple other technologies, other thought processes to help you you know, achieve your, your best results possible. And it's an iterative thing. We look to continue to grow. I'm excited about our guests from all over the world. It's, uh, it's quite wild. And uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. So that's my long-winded answer as to what I hope to get out of this podcast.
0: Awesome. Yeah. As Thomas mentioned, we have a lot of podcasts teed up. We have 10 rolling out. Um, we'll be doing one a week to start that could change kind of you guys will be growing with us as we we go through this podcast but you know thomas hit on it a lot we really just want to provide information one on force plate strength and conditioning uh we'll have some people in here talking about newest technologies uh lifestyle entrepreneurs um that is that is what our company is we, we build a product and sport tech but we are a bunch of entrepreneurs we like that that world as well Um, so really it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of different people joining us for this, this podcast and Thomas Newman will be the host of the podcast. So, um, hope you guys got the chance to know who Thomas Newman is and, and learn a bit, a little bit about his past. Um, you can find Thomas on LinkedIn. Uh, you have Instagram as well, Thomas, Twitter, anything else? Yeah,
1: I would, I would, I would uh, beg to say that uh, it's probably better if you go directly to the Hawk and Instagram, but certainly LinkedIn will hit you up. And uh, maybe that is something I will get better at with the social media. You are the social media King Drake. uh, So I will need to get some tips from you. Maybe we'll have you on the podcast to talk about how a strength coach build a social media empire. Cause uh, I remember when the Facebook came out and uh, somehow uh, I have to get with the time. So I look forward to that future podcast as well
0: yeah let's do it um yeah so thank you guys for listening to this first episode today um we will have this podcast available on apple podcasts spotify podcast um, overcast pretty much anywhere where you listen to podcasts Uh, this will actually roll out tomorrow and then our our queue will roll out periodically uh, week to week as we go Uh, thank you guys look forward to joining you next time